Prophecies expose Satan's end-time physical kingdom on the earth, the origin of which goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel. The same rebel spirit that inspired the tower in the ancient city of Babel thrives today in more ways than one, and we'll analyze these events on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I am live today. Uh, For those of you watching on our live stream on Facebook, uh, we're still in a remodeling phase of our studio in there. Almost done, but just another couple, two or three days here, and we should be back um, online as far as uh, for the video for you guys to watch. We'll be in there on the new set and everything. So, just having to make some adjustments, but uh, looking forward to today's program here because the spirit of the Tower of Babel thousands of years ago is alive and well in the earth today. Think about this. The United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals, Klaus Schwab's Great Reset, Linda Forrester Rothschild's Council for Inclusive Capitalism, ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Investing uh, Reporting Methods, Build Back Better, The Global Climate Scare Tactics, a complete hoax, by the way, Parliament of World's Religions, The United Religions Initiative, Religions for Peace. These are all part of our Tower of Babel 2022. Let me explain. When you think of the Tower of Babel, think, number one, there's two parts to today, but think of globalism or moving towards a world government. You say, well, what's globalism? You hear the term all the time in the news. But what is globalism? Well, globalism is simply the belief that the nation-state structure of our world is obsolete and that nations should eliminate their boundaries through globalization and ultimately resulting in a one-world governing body. One global state that answers to a one-world government. Now, the origins of globalism was all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Think about that. The origins of globalism, world government, and world religion goes the origins of that goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel. You know, globalism is not a new concept. It has its roots in the first book of the Bible, all the way back in the book of Genesis. And it happened shortly after Noah's flood. And in Genesis 9, verse 1, God had told the survivors of the flood to multiply and replenish the earth. In other words, 
You're not going to stay grouped up together. You're going to go and spread out and you're going to replenish the entire earth. You're going to go out from amongst here. Spread out. Don't be collective together. Well, that they didn't do what they were told. <laughs> In Genesis 11, 1 through 4, it tells us that the Bible says, And the whole earth was one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime and they had, that they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city, a tower, whose top may reach unto the heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. That's what God wanted, but that's not what they did. The people here basically feared that there would be another flood. Even though God had given the rainbow promise as a covenant that he would never again destroy the world by water, but not believing God's word, the people decided to build their own or to create their own plan of salvation, to trust in themselves and what they could conjure up more than trusting in God. Now, if Almighty God come to you and said, hey, I'm never, I'm never going to destroy the earth with a flood again, and I'm putting my rainbow in the sky, would you not believe that? But yet these people here, they saw that and they heard that, but yet they said, Nah, we don't believe it. We're going to create a town. We're not. We're going to create our own plan of salvation. We're going to deviate away from God's word. They decided to build a tower to reach into the heavens so they could run up the tower and be saved if there was another flood. Even though God said there wasn't going to be one that destroys the whole earth. And this was the origin of, number one, man-made religion. Creating their own form of salvation rather than trusting in God and God's word. Then in Genesis um, 11, 5 through 9, we heard God's reaction to their plan. It wasn't too happy, was he? If you remember the story, the Bible says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now... Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them upon the face of all the earth. So this incident here was the beginning of the different nations and the different languages of the world. And from that time until today, world leaders have dreamed of bringing the nations together and adopting a common language through globalism and one global religious system. If you think about a global dictator, 
I'll get to that in a moment. And however, it is prophesied in the Bible, a world government will be formed in the times just ahead. And of course, this is happening right now under the effort called globalism or the process of globalization. Moving the, doing away with the borders of the nations and tearing down people's belief system in their nation or nationhood, creating a global state that answers to a one world governing body. That's the goal of all of this, and it is the spirit that was prominent in the day of the Tower of Babel. We'll talk about it more when we get back from the break. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Now, I want to bring up a, a point I just made earlier. The Tower of Babel, the mindset there was, we can't rely upon God, we can't rely upon His Word, we're going to create our own form of salvation and our own form of a world governing body, and we're going to collectively stand together and depend upon ourselves for a future plan of salvation and a future method of governing ourselves and not reliance upon God. A humanitarian situation. Well, when I talked about the Tower of Babel 2022, remember I talked about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, Klaus Schwab's Great Reset, Linda Forster Rothschild's Council for Inclusive Capitalism, ESG Investing, Build Back Better, the global climate scare tactics of the United Nations, which is a complete hoax. All of this 
is an effort, a humanitarian effort, to govern ourselves, no reliance upon God. Folks, let me tell you, when you take the God factor out of something, you have nothing. I don't. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter your political ideology. It doesn't matter your education, your background. That's all of that. You have nothing if you do not have the God factor involved. God is number one. You'll either recognize him as number one today or you'll in throughout your life, or you'll recognize him at number one uh, when he comes back. The Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. You'll either do that now in your life and prepare yourself for his second coming, or there will come a day when you'll bow before God someday and give an account of your life. And so world government or the Tower of Babel 2022, it's not a good thing. All of this, all of this propaganda and this world government that's being established today, it's Satan's method of ruling the world. He's behind it. And one prophecy foretelling of this world government, for the times that's just ahead of us now, it's found back in the Old Testament, Daniel 7, 23. The Bible says, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. You know, most of the time when world government has been attempted, and there have been many times throughout history, but most of the time when, the, when a world government has been attempted, the leader has tried to force everyone in his government to adopt the same religious beliefs. The leader of this last day world government the Antichrist is going to do the same exact thing. And his actions attempting to force religious conformity, they're described in Daniel, uh, man, it'd be Daniel, what, 7, 21 and 22. The Bible says, I beheld and the same horn made war against the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. The Antichrist made war against the saints. Notice this world government referred to in the above passage here that we just read. He's going to rule until the Ancient of Days, or Jesus Christ, comes. And the leader of that final world government is referred to in Scripture as the beast or the Antichrist. Verse 21 clearly foretells the Antichrist will make war with the saints and this will be a war against true Christians and Jews who will not pledge allegiance to this world government at the beliefs or the requirements of the Antichrist. And we know it's going to be against the Jews and true Christians because... Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says when Satan comes to the earth, and he's, he's bound to the earth actually, that he will persecute Israel in that chapter, which is the woman with 12 stars around her head, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is true Christians. And because those people, according to Scripture, will not bow, now bow, not bow down. Now there will, be, there will probably be some Jews, that because there are Jews today that are pro-world government. There probably will be some Jews that bow down to that. However, I believe that the majority of them will not uh, and that we will, 
they will, uh, the Bible says that the t- when the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, all of Israel is going to be saved. So there will be many of them that do not. Uh, and it's very important that we understand some of these different principles. But it's interesting that the exact same thing that's prophesied uh, in Daniel 7 is prophesied in the New Testament. And go to Revelation 13, 1 through 2. Bible said, John said, uh, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, feet as the feet of the bear, mouth as the mouth of the lion, and the dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. So this last world government is described as a beast composed of a lion, which would be the modern-day nation of Great Britain, a bear, Russia, a leopard, Germany, and a ten-horned beast, which would be an alliance of ten leaders from Europe, or collectively, the, the Europe, this Europe-centered beast will be the power base of the Antichrist. And then go down to Revelation 13, 7, it tells us that the world empire, centered in Europe, will dominate the world and will persecute the saints. Bible says it was given unto him to make war with the saints and overcome them. Power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Now, think about that. The Tower of Babel, the origin of world government, we see happening again. The Tower of Babel 2022. Or I should say part of it. There's the second part. The Tower of Babel was also the origin of man-made religion. Now, I noticed recently that the Parliament of World's Religions is going to be held in Chicago next year, which is where it was originally held back in 1893. I think, what, so would that be the 130th anniversary of the Parliament of World's Religions? Now, the Parliament has asked, I looked at one of the invitations to the Parliament of World's Religions, and what are we talking about here? An effort towards world religion. All of the huge interfaith and ecumenical movements around the world that have been happening for decades now, these are all an effort to establish a world governing body. Or, I'm sorry, a world religion. Now, they may, they may not say, when they go there, matter of fact, I saw a, uh, an article here a while back that said the, the Pope's meeting uh, with the imam over there in the Middle East at the United Arab Emirates, and they signed that document. Um, on the the brotherhood or something like that, the the um, a, a document of a human fraternity, that they said this is not an effort to establish a world religion. Well, they may say that it's not now, but I know where it's headed because the Bible prophesies this in great detail. But all of these efforts to establish a, a one world religious system, the when you look, I, I looked at a uh, in uh, invitation to the Parliament of World's Religions, and they are the Parliament is asking participants to submit program proposals that address the theme of the following specific areas. And they go into climate change and many different things, but then they said one, they said towards a the global ethics. Now, if you understand a little bit of history. The, the global ethic is very important. When you look at Bible prophecy and the, what the efforts will be of the world religious system in alliance with the world government, the global ethic plays a huge part here. You can still go to the... You say, well, that happened way back in like 93 when Hans Kuhn presented his uh, global ethic. 
You can go to the World Parliament of Religions, uh, Parliament of World's Religions today and read the global ethic. It's still very much as real and relevant today as it was back then. So what happened? Back in 1993, the Parliament of World's Religions was held in Chicago. And that was the, what would that have been, 100th anniversary of the first Parliament of World's Religions. Now, now they invited Catholics, Protestants, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, Astorians, Wiccans, which are witches, by the way. Come one, come all, right? Indigenous people, many, many others were in attendance. <clears throat> and at this meeting, I mean, some of them, get this, folks, some of them believe in thousands of gods. Now, the Bible teaches, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's only one God. But these Parliament of World's Religions, these interfaith meetings, they don't care how many gods you believe in. Come one, be part of it. But at this meeting in 93, a global ethic was adopted. That, and it was authored by um, a, 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 an eminent Catholic theologian. His name was Hans Kuhn. He just passed away a couple years ago. And the, this global ethic, that, uh, uh, we say, what is a global ethic? Well, a global ethic is a, a global belief system. And the essence of this global ethic was captured in three quotes from the document. And I just went there. You can read it today. I just went there. It said that we, reaffir- we affirm that a common set of core values is found in the teachings of the religions and that these form the basis for a global ethic, a global belief system that all religions can agree on. Now, some religions believe in one God. Some religion- religions believe in thousands of gods. But they say there's a global ethic that they all can agree on? Well, the second uh, part here says they already, there already exist ancient guidelines for human behavior which are found in the teachings of the religions of the world and which are the condition for a sustainable world order. Now, here they are talking about the world government that they're endeavoring to establish, and they're saying, hey, all these religions, there's something that is, there's a common denominator amongst all of them that can help us in our efforts for this to uh, establish this sustainable world order. And then Hans Kuhn said, look, we need to sink our narrow differences for the cause of the world community, this world government, Practicing a culture of solidarity and relatedness. Now, sink their narrow differences. Think about that. Narrow differences such as, was Jesus God or was he not? That's a huge difference, right? If you don't believe Jesus was God, you got a problem. Was he the Messiah? Think of another narrow difference. Was Jesus the Messiah or was he not? Was Jesus crucified on the cross, or was he not? Or, another narrow difference, because some of the people here believe Allah is God. Some believe Jehovah. Some believe Brahma is God. I mean, think about that. Narrow differences, they said. And they said it in the global ethic. Why? Because so the international internationalists, these globalists that believe in a world government, so they can realize the dream of a world community and the one world government. This is the thinking that drives interfaithism, this, that drives the Parliament of World's religions, that drives the world government, because the world religion is simply being established to get the religions of the world 
to advocate for and pledge allegiance eventually to the world governing body and their edicts. You can see that through all the climate change hysteria right now, where the Pope and all these other religious leaders are saying, hey, the religions of the world have a great part to play in the, the uh, implementation of the sustainable development goals and all this climate um, stuff. The climate scare and the carbon emissions uh, that we're putting off and things like that. My, my, the, the, if I read the Bible right, my goal is to prepare people for heaven, to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. My goal in a religious sense is not to devote my life to helping the global government stop climate change, which is not even happening. The, 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 the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change and um, tracking my carbon footprints and all these different things. I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm worried about preparing people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, God can sustain the world. He created the world that we're standing on anyway. He created all the oil. He created all the gas. He raises the temperatures every morning. He lowers the temperatures in the evening. God does that. I'm not going back to the Tower of Babel and say, Oh no, there's going to be another flood. There's going to be a climate catastrophe in the... the, um, Polar caps or ice caps are going to melt, and the sea levels are going to rise to the point where he's going to destroy everything. The planet. No, I'm not worried. I don't lose one week of sleep over that. It's a total hoax. All it is is propaganda by the United Nations to scare you out of your mind, to get you to bow down to their edicts. I, rather than the Tower of Babel, I'm trusting in God and His Word. You see the difference here. Do you see the spirit of the Tower of Babel in 2022? World government, world religion. The Tower of Babel, that was was the origins. And so we're seeing it here in 2022. Interfaithism, ecumenism, sustainable development goals, all of this stuff pointing us towards world government and world religion. I tell you, it's certainly something I do not want to be a part of. God was displeased with the Tower of Babel. And I don't want him being displeased with me in 2022. And I know that you don't either. So let me get a little more deeper deeper into this world religion here. Many of you will remember, if you started listening to us back in the late 90s, which I know there's a lot of people out there that listened to us back in the late 90s down here in Dallas and some other places. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, had a guy on the program. Back then it was called Politics and Religion. The guy's name was Robert Mueller, and he was a former former assistant secretary general of the United Nations. He had him on here, and they had, they had great interviews. And I guess we'll have to get back into it when we get back. But we'll talk a little bit more about world religion, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on today. Because the spirit of the Tower of Babel is very prevalent in our society. It's getting worse. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Robert Mueller, the former Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations, he and my father-in-law had some great um, conversations on world government, uniting the religions of the world. And, of course, my father-in-law was coming at it from a prophetic perspective. Robert Mueller was simply talking about the dreams of 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 a global government. And... In one, in, in, during one conversation, Robert Mueller made the statement, and I'm quoting here. He said, Irvin, we've brought the world together as far as we can politically to bring about a true world government, which is the goal. Again, the spirit of the Tower of Babel, to bring about a true world government, the world must be brought together spiritually. What we need is a United Nations of Religions. And, you know, with the United Nations of Religions, a a true world religion, the leader of that could almost dictate the belief system, right? And so, uh, and that's really what they want the world government to do, to have dictatorial powers and not, you know, come together and just suggest and, you know, let's just reason. No, they don't want to reason. They want to have world governing dictatorial powers. So when they say that you need a United Nations of Religions, they want somebody to set the course for the religious belief system. Now, Robert Mueller understood that the ultimate goal of, of internationalists around the globe is a totally implemented world governing system, an organization designed to supersede any national government and demand that all nations surrender their sovereignty and submit to international laws and regulations. Mr. Mueller also knew that for this dream to become a reality, all religions must somehow ignore their differences, unify, and pledge their allegiances to the establishment of a global community, not to God. Remember that. That, Remember the whole Tower of Babel scenario. Because the, the global leaders, they want everybody's allegiance to them, not to God. The United Nations, totally humanitarian organization, no God. And when this happens, and according to the Bible prophecy, it's going to in the near future, 
Those who choose not to conform will be considered heretics, and some will possibly even pay for it with their lives. Now, Revelation 13 prophesies that just this kind of world-governing system is going to be established and ruled by the Antichrist. And the Revelation 13 also foretells of a world religion and a and also a global economic system that's going to be used to enforce the edicts of the Antichrist and to cause the entire world to pledge allegiance to this global authoritarian system. Now, we're in many ways already function under the tentacles of this world governing system. You've heard of the World Health Organization, the International Monetary Fund, World Trade Organization, the United Nations, the International Criminal Court. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And these entities, are, and again, many more of them, they're designed to, to not to govern a nation, but they're designed to govern the entire planet. Think of it. The International Criminal Court, International, International Monetary Fund. Now, the, the, so the one world religion and Bible prophecy. Again, think Tower of Babel and what they tried to do. Revelation 13 is devoted specifically uh, to events just ahead of a Satan's kingdom that he's trying to establish here on the earth, a physical kingdom. Revelation 13, 1 through 8, that describes the world government and its leader, the Antichrist. Revelation 11 through 15 focuses on the one world religion along with the false prophet. And then, of course, 16 through 18 outlines the mark of the beast system. And the goal of the Antichrist will be to lord over this global government and to force every human to pledge allegiance to him, thereby worshiping him. Uh, Revelation 13, 8, the Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the land slain from the foundation of the world. So, number one, man, get your name in the book of life. Be born again. Get your name in the book of life because the Bible says everyone whose name is not written in the land's book of life will worship that individual. And that's not going to be me. If God be merciful on me and help me, I don't want anything to do with the Antichrist. I know you don't either. But we've got to understand what's going on in the earth. That's, what, that's what's going on here. I mean, I could talk to you about investments. I could talk to you about education. I could talk about all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, this world government is being established as we speak. This world religion is being established as we speak. And it's the spirit of the Tower of Babel 2022. So in order for this world religious system to be fully realized and the world government, the Bible says the Antichrist will have two methods of enforcement. He's going he's to form an alliance with the largest uh, religious organization in the world, Christianity, and with the leader of the one world religion, the false prophet. Now, when I say Christianity, I'm saying that loosely. People that say they're a Christian but aren't. We could talk about that at another time, but uh, there are many people that say they're Christians today, but wow, is what they're doing aligning up with the Bible not in any way, shape, or form? I mean, let's just be honest. The Bible says there will be people that stand before the Lord someday and say, hey, Lord, didn't we do many mighty great works in your name? And the Lord's going to say, uh, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't even know who you are. You went clear away from the word of God. You went clear away from the principles that I taught you to live by. 
and you didn't have anything to do with them, but yet you think you're going to spend eternity with me? What a great danger. I don't want to be in that position. If I see something in the Word of God that my life is not aligned up to, I, I can't change the Word of God. I've got to change the way old Dave Robbins is living to align up with that. Okay? It's a, it, there's nothing more important than this, everybody. And so, the Antichrist, he's going to form an alliance with the false prophet. And the penalty for nonconformity with the one world religion is going to be, in, there's going to be persecution. According to Revelation 13, 15, the Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. Now, you say, everybody's going to be killed and wiped off. No, they're not. There will be some who are persecuted. Let's just be honest here. But the Bible says that when the, when the rapture happens, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. There will be Christians alive on the earth at the end of the great tribulation that, that the Lord raptures. Still alive. And so uh, you got to take you got to look at all again when you're trying to figure out these things you got to look at every verse of scripture that pertains to this topic. It's like anything else in the Bible. Now, number 2, the antichrist is going to implement a system of economic control uh, on the human race. And of course, those that study prophecy, we would refer to that as the mark of the beast, and those who do not participate in that system are not going to be able to buy or sell rendering themselves unable to function in society. Now, I could go off into uh, all the ways they're trying to get people to conform to that. The cashless societies, central bank digital currencies could be a, a huge way they could push, uh, they could implement that. Um, global numbering systems, chips in your hands, all kinds of different things. Facial recognition photographs, uh, digital, um, a, a complete digital society. I mean, there's many ways that we're already well advanced ways they could implement this. But think about the Tower of Babel in 2022. One of the articles that I read, uh, I think it was either this morning or last evening, I was reading in the town hall, and a gentleman wrote an article called The Great Reset Towers in Babel. The Great Reset Towers in Babel. And I thought it was an interesting article, and I wanted to come at it from a prophetic perspective but I also wanted to hear this you to hear some of the excerpts from this gentleman's uh, perspective in town hall. You can go read the article for yourself. But he makes these statements. He says, despite the near magical advance of human invention, the same rebel spirit that inspired the tower in ancient the ancient city of Babel, eventually Babylon, it thrives today. Unelected global elites use fear and force and have big plans for the world. Now, it, well, and it, he says, and unless I missed it, submission to God is not one of them. Folks, we are driving God out of society in so many ways. It is that it, I'm not scared by much, but that's one of the things that I fear is that our, even our country will drive God out and God will be forced to judge us. Um, and thank God he can, he, that he has a way of judging that the, 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 the born-again individuals, the saved individuals, people that would never do some of these things, they won't get judged. 
But man, I fear for the ones that I'm trying to reach here that they just, they, they, you know, it's horrible. Some of the things they're doing. Now, <clears throat> the article goes on to say, elite revolutionaries are working feverishly on cutting edge technologies to avert a flood of climate catastrophes. Think about, again, think about the Tower of Babel. They were scared of a flood, so they did something that was anti-God, right? Well, now here we have that, um, you know, more than likely, well, the things that will never happen, you know, to save the planet, they've turned to the gods of science and money rather than to God himself. And the, the author says, we are on a fast track to climate disaster. Now, Antonio Guterres said this. Uh, he's the U.N. Secretary General. He said that in a video message to a panel on climate change in New York back in April. We're on a fast track to climate disaster. It's like they're preaching the same thing they did to get people scared into building this, the Tower of Babel, right? Oh, we just came through a flood. We've got to build this tower to heaven. So if there's ever a flood again, we'll just run up in it. We'll save ourselves. And so Antonio Guterres, the leader of the United Nations, we're on a fast track to climate disaster. Major cities, underwater, unprecedented heat waves, terrifying storms, widespread water shortages, the extinction of a million species of plants and animals. And this is not fiction, folks, or exaggeration. This is what science tells us will result from our current energy policies. This is a climate emergency. Now that scares you out of your mind, doesn't it? Well, it shouldn't. All they're trying to do is to scare the United Nations and other people around the world so we'll buy into when a Joe Biden says, hey, we'll give you $100 billion a year and redistribute the wealth of the United States to these despots around the world and they'll fill their coffers with money. We're not going to solve any climate change. Then if you're so scared, you'll do that, right? You'll say, well, that's something that needs done. But all it is is a hoax, everybody. God is in control of this. If there's a water shortage, God can produce water. If, they, if the earth starts to heat up to the point where it would explode, God has mechanisms in the earth to cool it down. Volcanoes. There's many ways. God's been doing this, folks. Been doing a very good job of it for thousands of years. And we think we're going to come along and stop carbon emissions from factories and change all of this stuff? Come on. Well, we'll talk about this more when we get back, but what I wanted to do today was to show you how the spirit behind the Tower of Babel is alive and well today. And it's through the efforts towards pushing a world religion and a world government. The origins go all the way back to the Tower of Babel. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, everyone, when they talk about the climate scare, because I know they're preaching this, I mean, they're preaching this day and night, day and night, and they're spending hundreds of billions of dollars. They want hundreds of trillions of dollars, but they're spending hundreds of trillions of dollars pushing a false narrative. I think about this. So um, I remember back in what was it, August of uh, this year, in the Norfolk Daily News, there was an article. Despite so many failed predictions, new ones of climate change continue. Do you all remember um, the, uh, the national columnist Cal Thomas? And he pointed out that some of those dire predictions issued by Al Gore and other climate alarmists that they've been predicting for over 50 years, you know, that the world as we know it would be ending because of global warming. And some of them were saying global cooling or a a coming ice age. And then when they couldn't prove that, then they went to global warming, then we went to climate change. And I mean, it's just one thing after another. But at times, the predictions um, have, uh, you know, they just, they went back and forth, back and forth. There's an ice age going to come. We're all going to freeze to death. And then, of course, we went to um, global warming, and now we're all going to burn up. And it's because, you know, you're causing everything. The, the big SUV you're driving or the, the, the factory uh, that, you buy, that makes your products that you use in your home, uh, they're creating so much of uh, carbon emissions that it, we're just going to burn the planet up. And they, these alarmists have claimed so uh, such things that, as in the year 2000, that went, that children wouldn't even know what snow is. Now that was back in the year 2000. And I've had some. The year we moved down here in 2005 in Indiana, it, it snowed over 20 inches in a 24-hour period. I know that um, up in New York this year already, it snowed 60 some inches. In a 24-hour period, over five feet, I think it was 66 inches in a 24-hour period. That's over five feet of snow. And in 2000, they were telling people that children may not even know what snow is. I tell the kids uh, to that uh, up in New York that had to shovel out that five foot of snow out of their driveway for their mom to get their car out. Now, Cal Thomas and others, they outlined many of these predictions uh, via the American Enterprise Institute. A, it, which was a, a center-right Washington, D.C.-based think tank that researches government, politics, and economics and social warfare. The group points out that none, I say that again, none of the climate change prophecies made by climate alarmists over the past 50-plus years, folks, have come true. 
including 40-plus predictions of terrible environmental catastrophe as imminent. Some places, people like Prince Charles was saying, we've got 18 months to save the planet, or we've got 10 years to save the planet, or Al Gore was saying by uh, 2010, either 2010 or 2015, that the polar ice caps are going to melt and we're going to flood America and all this other stuff's going to happen. Do you realize that not one of those predictions has come to pass? Not one. But yet, do they stop preaching their message of global warming, human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change? No. Because that's the ruse that they want you to buy into. That's the false narrative. Because they're just trying... The crisis is irrelevant. All they want to do is get you scared out of your mind. So you will say, yes, redistribute the wealth of the world overseas. And it's all about implementing socialism. Wealth redistribution is one of the major planks of socialism, folks. And so one of the guys I'm going to have an interview with, I'll tell you kind of what's some of the things that are coming up in the near future, but I have, um, there's a guy named Alex Newman who's over the New American. Uh, he just got back from COP27. The old John Birch Society, because the, the government and different people demonized them so much because they were exposing the world government, they went from uh, being, they're still called the John Birch Society, but now they have the New American Magazine and different things. Well, Alex Newman's over that. Alex Newman uh, is exposing the world government for what it is on a lot of different things, which the John Birch Society has done for years. G. Edward Griffin worked with them and many of things, and that's where my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, got a lot of his education on world government and different things. Books put out by the John Birch Society in their old bookstores they used to have. Well, Alex Newman's going to be a, he agreed to be, uh, to allow me to interview him on our program. This is going to be after the first of the year, and this uh, lady that helped set this up, she's going to help me set up many other interviews, but Alex Newman said that, oh yeah, I know End Time Ministries, Irvin Baxter used to post articles on our website and things like that, so a lot of these guys that I'm going to be interviewing, they already know about us, and they want to be interviewed by me because what I talk about a lot is exactly what they're exposing but I come at it from a biblical prophecy perspective. Many of them are totally secular. But what they're, what they're talking about and exposing is exactly the truth. And so we'll be having some interviews and things like that coming up after the first year, but think about the spirit of the Tower of Babel today. People creating their own plans of salvation, their own world-governing body. No God in it. And the, the article um, from Town Hall, I wanted to get to a couple more excerpts of that. But I, I want you to remember, not one of these climate change predictions, climate catastrophe predictions, over the last 50 years has come to pass. Think about that. Keep that in the back of your mind when they're preaching this on the nightly news. But leaders in governments, businesses, global institutions who believe the planet has a better chance of working together, have created this highly influential global movement to reconstruct a better world. It's called the Great Reset. And of course, thanks to technology, this movement towers over anything the planet has ever seen except for the flood. And in a great effort to remake the world. 
These elites make up the world's largest banks, pension funds, insurance companies, asset managers, and international organizations like the World Economic Forum, again, which partnered with the United Nations in 2017, or I'm sorry, uh, what would that have been? I think it was 2019, to implement its 17 Sustainable Development Goals for Agenda 2030. And today, hundreds of worlds of the world's largest corporations in finance, technology, media, credit cards, energy, food, heavy industry, manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, consulting, and consumer goods have signed pledges to be strategic partners in the movement. Are you hearing me? In the spirit of the Tower of Babel. They're doing uh, voluntary what governments by law cannot do. Unelected elites have implemented this scoring system called ESG or environmental, social, and governance. And really it, it audits and measures the value of private companies, even whole countries, based primarily on their performance on climate change, social justice, and the more inclusive capitalism. And that means working to disinvest in fossil fuels. You heard um, then-candidate Joe Biden, former vice president, and then President Trump during the one debate, he said, we need to move off of the oil and gas industry. So to disinvest in fuel fo- fossil fuels, cutting gas-powered cars, subsidizing wind, solar, and electrical cars. And it, it, it means fighting for social justice and racial and gender equality, diversifying a, a corporate boards by race and gender through these DEI training, and taking a stand on transgender rights, voting laws, abortion, and gun control. Now, many of us are pondering when uh, things will return to normal, wrote Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, in his book COVID-19. I have it upstairs on my shelf. The Great Reset. But the short answer, he says, is never. It's never going to return back to what we see as normal. Nothing will ever return to the broken sense of normalcy that prevailed before the crisis because the coronavirus pandemic marks a fundamental inflection point in our global trajectory. What are these guys doing? They're trying to keep you scared so you will bow down to their edicts. Now, I will tell you about this ESG investing. Texas, Florida, they they are fighting against ESG, this environmental, social, and governments, these reporting methods being placed on their businesses because it's really socialism. They want to control the the way the businesses are. What they're doing is they're getting, when you look at it like a, uh, if you have 100 companies you can invest in, <clears throat> and these huge investment firms, BlackRock and different things, will say, well, these 50 companies, they are, they are worth your investment because they are uh, helping to reduce the carbon emissions and they're buying into all this world-governing ideology. So these are the real, these are the ones you want to invest in. These other people, they're not getting on board with our plan, so they're not ones you want to invest in. And that's how they're doing it. So what does that make you want to do as a business? If you don't know anything about this, you want to say, well, hey, tell me what I got to do. I'll stop, I'll, I'll uh, you know, um, check, watch my carbon footprint and try to reduce it. And I'll do the, all these other different things. And I'll make sure that I diversify my staff 
and I'll do all this other. And, and yes, you can tell me what to do because I want my, my business to be worth more and look better to investors. And you see how they get you? And so that, that we, I, don't, I, I want the market to be able to, uh, you know, to people to produce the best products and things like that. Um, that's how a, a, a capitalist system should run. The government should have its, shouldn't have its hand in anybody's business. And so, but when you study these ESG methods and different things that are happening, that's what's going on in our world right now. Go look up ESG and you'll see what I'm talking about. Go look up ESG is socialism. And then, of course, Klaus Schwab, when he talks about the COVID pandemic and all the record suffering and death that came with it, is never ending because people like Klaus Schwab use it as a pretext to accelerate a reset of the world and a, a time for reinvention when many things will change forever. Klaus Schwab said, a, a new world will emerge, the contours of which are for us to both Im- imagine and to draw. The future is not just happening, he said at the Davos meeting back in, man, when was that, May? He said, the future is built by us. We have the means to improve the state of the world. Now, I only got a little short time left here, so let me kind of wrap this up. Tower of Babel. The spirit of the Tower of Babel. People said, hey, no reliance upon God. If there's another flood, we're going to build this tower and we're going to run up into that. The origin of world government, world religion. The same spirit is running rampant in the earth today. World government, world religion, and it's the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Satan. The Bible says that the dragon, Revelation 13, 2, gave this entity its seat, power, and its great authority. And the Bible also says in Revelation 13, all the world will worship the dragon. Think about that. I'm not going to pledge allegiance and worship the dragon, and I hope you don't either. So yes, the spirit of the Tower of Babel, rampant in the earth today. Don't be a part of it. Make sure that you are trusting in God. You're trusting in the Word of God. And we're standing firm on the promises that God will keep us all the way through to His soon return when He will establish His kingdom here on the earth. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.